0: Good morning, everybody. A good Chodesh, a good Gebenst Jahr. should shower all of us with brachis b'tayv hanir v'hanigla in this coming year. Um, this morning's class is dedicated to the R'for Shleima kreva of Henny Tzippora Bas Chayy Yechvet. This um, little shlucha Henny Bas Chayy should have a refor shlema Miyat. Um, we're doing Sheftim Aleph, Chelek Yud Tes. And the Rebbe begins with a pasuk, a mitzvah in this parsha, sayim tasim olecha melech, that the Jews should appoint for themselves a king. And uh, this is not a sicha that deals with the whole idea of should Jews want a king or not want a king and so on and so forth. But at a certain point in history, uh, this will come to pass, and it's a mitzvah to appoint a king upon you. And regarding the entire construct of a king, the Rashbah writes, The king is like the entire community because the entire community and all of Israel depend on the king. So kind of uh, comparing the importance of the king, and on the other side of the scale, you have the entire nation. And similarly, the Tanchuma comments, and Rashi imports from the Tanchuma, famously, that the head of the generation is likened to the entire generation, that the head of generation that the leader of the generation who hadar is like the entire generation because the leader is everything is the entirety rambam kasa and the rambam wrote about a king that his heart is the heart for all of the congregation of israel Okay, so we have the comment of the Rajabah that the Melech is just like the Tsibor, because the entire Tsibor depends and hangs on the Melech. We have the Tanchuma that the head of the door is like the whole door, And we have Rashi using the terminology Nasi that the leader of the generation is like the whole generation because the leader is everything. And then you have the Rambam saying that the, the, the king is the heart of the entire nation. That the heart of the king is the heart of the nation in its entirety. Ube Pashtos, and simply speaking, hatam lekach shamelech nikra lev kol kahal Why would the king be called the heart of the congregation of Israel? In the same way that the vivifying force of the entire body hinges on the heart. In like fashion, the entirety of the nation of Israel depends on the king. Like the Rashba said, all of Israel depends, hangs upon the king. But the Rebbe says, but we have to understand. Although all of the limbs of the body derive their vitality from the heart, but their uh, leadership, um, that which controls the entire body, this depends on the brain, the lachin, and therefore, even though the heart is also called the king of the body, relative to the rest of the limbs of the body, but the, the mind, uh, the head, the brain is called the king of all of the limbs, inclusive of the heart that gives vitality or sends vitality to all of the limbs. And if you look at footnote 12, very quickly, four lines down, the Rebbe brings down the Rashi Tevis, that Melech is an acrostic for the words Mayach, the brain, Lave the heart and covet the liver. That the king is the all inclusive, uh, vivifying force of, of all the mainstays of, of the body in its entirety. The im king so if the brain is higher than the heart, yes, we can see that the heart sends vitality to all of the limbs. But the brain itself receives its kind of uh, is, is linked up to the control tower, which is the brain vim king. So if so, maduanim melech han am so then why would you compare the king who is all about basically leading and controlling the nation. And, and he brings down that the king takes them out to war. He brings them back from war, like compared to a uh, shepherd and his, and his sheep. So why would you use the metaphor of lave called Kahal Yisrael? Why would you use, why would the Rambam use heart as opposed to brain? So that's the question in Si'if Aleph, okay? So again, we have the mitzvah to put a um, a king upon us. And then we have a number of explanations of how the, the king functions, how the king operates vis-a-vis the nation, what is the relationship? And it would seem that the um, the most apt metaphor would be the brain rather than the heart. And so the question is, why would the Rambam compare the king to the heart of the nation? In Beis, the Rebbe goes further into this and he says that when you look into the Torah itself, we find regarding a king, we find regarding a king, the um, description or the appellation, Nasi leader. The words are asher nasi yechta when a nasi sins u b'sifra latar u And on that pasuk the sifra explains and the Mishnah says Azahu nasi who is this nasi? Zamelech. This is a king. Okay, ham shechat sham and the Mishnah continues there to say she'ein al gabav ela Hashem elokav who is this Nasi? Who is this King? There is nobody on top of him except for God, his 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 God. He's he's kind of that's it. But the highest rung, Av Melech Hamashiach Nicro Benivros Yecheska VaOid B'Shem Nasi, and we see that the name Nasi is also attributed to Melech Hamashiach. BaAval Pakei BePashtos Hatoyar Melech Na Ale MeHatoyar Nasi. But it would seem that simply speaking, the term king would be a term that evokes a higher stature than the term nasi. Why? Because the king includes Mm -hmm. because the, the, the the king connotes over everybody. The term nasi, the description or the appellation nasi can be used also as a leader of one shavet. So it's interesting here because we're trying to figure out exactly what is the quality of a melech? What is the connection between the heart, dafka, as opposed to the brain? And also, why would a melech be, why would the word nasi be used interchangeably in a few places for melech? It would seem that melech is higher than nasi. And then if you look back in, in Sif Aleph, where he brings down what Rashi says that a nasi hadar is reish hadar, the medrash, also says reish hadar. So all of this just amplifies the question, it just strengthens the question, which is, how is it possible that the melech who we've established should, it would seem, be, it connotes a higher stature than the nasi, If you call a nasi the brain and we determine that the brain is higher than the heart, but if the king is higher than a nasi, why would you be calling the king the heart and not the brain? So again, the quest is to understand more about this station called kingship, sovereignty and comparing and contrasting it to this other leadership model, which is Nasi. And the Nasi is referred to as the Reish Hadar, and the Melech is being referred to as the Lev Hadar, the heart of the nation, but the Melech should be higher than the Nasi. Himmel, the Yuvam Bahaktim, so we'll understand this by prefacing, the Hinei and Chachamim, Yeishchiluk ikri Ben the Rebbe says that we will understand this only by delving more deeply into the various um, terms, the terminology used by the Chachamim, where we see a stark contradistinction between the description of a Melech and the description of a Nasi Melech Peirusha Kepshutai and A Melech Simply, like the Torah tells us, is the king. nasi, but the term nasi, ikrei nasi has sanhedrin The main usage of the term nasi is the head of the Sanhedrin. Ba'al nasi And at least, if you're not talking about the head of the Sanhedrin, you're definitely talking about a spiritual leader. like the Mishnah explains, Nasi ba'av basting, like the nasi, the nasi is the head of the basting. The Mishnah refers to them as interchangeable. And the Gemara references Hillel Shaker and Eshcha Nasi Israel. Hillel was called and acted as a nasi. Hillel Veshemayin Chulu Two Tanaim Nahagu Nasi Asin. They acted as nasiim Befne Habayis Meishana for a hundred years during the time of the of the bias. I have to um, state that it's unclear to me because I looked in different places if this means a hundred years before the bias fell, or if this means for a period during the um, standing of the bias, the the, the term Bifne habayis, I'm told, because I, I don't have this background or training, is a term that means before the fall, the destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other translations, it didn't see that so, uh, but the main point is that Hillel, Hillel and Shimon are referred to as Nassim, they were Nassim during the time of the base of Midrash. Although at that time, there operated kings, and not just kings, but uh, kings that were not corrupt, kings that were kasher, these were kings that had the full stature and, and uh, lawful category of a king. So that means that there are two different leadership roles. It's not that the Nasi steps into a leadership role when there's no Melech, but that even when there was melechim, there were Nasiim, which which means that this is a different type of leadership role. And the Heber brings down, At she b'neim chiluk ikri badin. And you know that these are two different categories because the halacha treats these categories differently. Um, I, I never tire of telling my students that if you want to know if something is a Jewish ideal, because everybody loves to say, well, it's very, you know, Judaism is all about saving the whales, let's say, for instance. So I always tell them maybe. But the only way you're going to know if saving whales is a axiomatic ideal in, in, in Jewish philosophy is if Jewish law backs it up. So how many whales do you have to save? In what amount of time? Do they have to be male, female? What do you do with them? And so on and so forth. If you don't have that law backing it up, it's not, a, it's not an ideal. It's a nice thing to do, but don't call it an ideal in Jewish law because that's how, in Jewish life, because that's how Judaism works. The philosophical has to be tethered to and bolstered by the legal. So the Rebbe says, you know, these are two categories because there's um, a very sharp distinction in halacha. Nasi <speaking in> al <Hebrew> if a Nasi forgoes or forgives his honor, <speaking in Hebrew> then his, his honor is forgiven, meaning that the per- person who slighted him is, uh, is okay. But But if a king decides to forgo or forgive on his honor, on the protocols that are necessary in front of a king, he has no right to do that. That person is still considered married by Malchus. So it's a very different category. And we might say, and and it's and it's and it's and it's um, likely, who And the Rebbe says that sometimes you have one person who actually fills both of these roles. Within melech, there's also the category of nasi. Now the Rebbe says, I'm going to parse this further, I'm going to analyze this further, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to juxtapose melech upon nasi, nasi upon melech, and we're going to look at the differences between these two constructs, between these two paradigms, these two categories. Aleph. Melech, the first difference between them is that regarding a king, in yanay la'asais mishpat umulchamris. One of the main things the Rambam explains in Hilchas Mulachim is that the melech has to um, assure or execute justice and of course, he is the, commander in, the the chief commander in war. Or in the words of the, of the Pasuk that were already cited, he will take them out to war, he'll bring them in for war. But the king's main function is not to operate as a teacher of halacha. It's not about halachic guidance. Malchi Yisrael The kings that derived from, from Yisrael, other than the Shevet of David, were in general not allowed to adjudicate. donin, couldn't adjudicate at all. and even the kings from the house of David, shadunim who were permitted to adjudicate, haray ein but they are not appointed to the Sanhedrin. And in brackets, the Rebbe says, and yes, it does say about a Melech that he should, um, you know, create justice. In other words, administer justice for the nation. But what does it mean? Perushai, its meaning is. It's not the king's function to investigate to adjudicate to research din and it's also not his job to hand down the final um, ruling asias mishpat so you could say that the king is more about administration rather than actual litigation lefoil as mishpat to facilitate that what is considered lawful and justice and just according to the Torah should come to fruition. Hanis <laughs> and whatever p'sak the based in renders, the king is obligated to to facilitate that it, it, it should happen. <laughs> The other thing that la sais could mean is that sometimes the king has to put into place certain legislation for that particular time because that particular time um, necessitates certain pieces of le- legislation. But in general, litigation, adjudication is not the primary function of the king. Masha and but in contradistinction, nasi, Shekher, I say, the Chachamim called by the name Nasi, Hare Ad Raba in Yanehu, he Yasei Roish HaSanhedrin. In the terminology of the sages, when they say Nasi, they're referring in the main to the person who is the head of the Sanhedrin. Ubalashin Harabba, and the Rambam describes this: Hagadol b'Chachma Shebekulon, Meishiv Nasei Roish Alehin, the one who is the who is greatest in wisdom becomes the leader of all of them he's the head of the yeshiva and he is the one that the Chachamim call nasi in every place and in every generation he is the one who actually functioned as Moshe benu did in his generation Okay, so the first difference between Melech and Nasi is that the Melech has more of a um, an administrative role, a, a leadership role in terms of war, in terms of administrative function. So it's almost like he operates as executive function of the whole nation. Um, and then Nasi, sorry. Oh, okay, oh, welcome thought it was a question. Um, and the Nasi is the head of the Sanhedrin. The Rabbim describes who is the Sanhedrin. They are the Amude HaHoira, they are the pillars of instruction. And from them, the laws radiate to the entire nation. So that's the difference between the Melech and the Nasi, the first difference, Ella. However, the Chavit says, Moshe, <speaking> in, <Hebrew> in addition to the fact that he was the shepherd of Israel, the king of Israel, nihel <speaking in Hebrew> So Moshe was both the Nasi, and he was also the king, and he administrated all of their needs, not just their spiritual needs, which is usually what comes along with the term nasi, but he was also their melech. He took care of all their physical needs. That's one difference between melech and nasi. Base. The second difference is that melech, when you talk about a king, ha ha'am sapik all kol risai nasev. The law regarding a king is that the nation has to satisfy all of his desires, all of his wishes. And as the Rambam treats this in elongated fashion in his laws of kings, the Rambam says, the king can take the the strongest people of the nation, and he could take the most, um, uh, the, the men of valor, and and um, make them his cavalry, uh, assign them over his cavalry. He could make them to run before him. He can take um, the most talented craftspersons and employ them for his purposes. He could take fields. And he tithes, he takes a maister from, from the uh, crops, from, from, from the seeds, and so on and so forth. So the melech has a lot of latitude in terms of what he can amass for himself from the nation. Nasi, But in contradistinction, the Nazi. Even though, yes, he is supported like every other communal official, he is supported by the community. But in, I guess, in, in contemporary terminology, we would say, but he just gets a salary. Okay, he's a salaried communal official that's very different than the king who can basically take whatever he wants from the nation. But this is different than the king who the nation has to give anything that he wants. Okay, so to review, the two differences are that the Nasi connotes a spiritual leader, uh, a Resh Sanhedrin, one who adjudicates, and the king is more of a leader in terms of war and in terms of smooth function of the nation. And the second difference is that the Melech basically has access to anything he wants. It's almost as if to say that all of the assets of the nation really belong to the king. Whereas the Nasi draws a salary. Yes, he's supported by the tzibor, by the community, but it's a fixed salary. Now in Dalit, the Rebbe says, in hasheni, this second difference between the king and the Nasi, regarding the fact that the king takes everything from the nation, the Rebbe says this illuminates a paradox on one hand, Hadavar Al On one hand, this would seem to draw our attention to the king's great strength, his great power. So much so that the entire nation and all of their assets kind of it's like what it says in halacha about an evid. Whatever a servant owns is really in the ownership of his master. Because according to Lacha, the king could just avail himself of anything they own. So effectively it all, all belongs to him. So on one hand, this speaks to the king's great strength, his great authority. but on the other hand, but it also speaks to his great weakness. To the great weakness melach, to the great weakness of the king, the relative to the rest of the nation. Because to fulfill his wishes, the king is needy for the assets of the nation. It makes him very vulnerable. Basically, doesn't have anything that belongs to himself. Yes. It's almost like somebody tells you, help yourself to anything in my pantry. But it's my pantry. So the king, yes, he he gets anything he wants from the nation. But there's a very needy underbelly to this. The rest of the nation acquire their... Assets they acquire their parnasa through their actions through their overtures through their work b'chol asher tasa, like we famously have that the says I'm going to bless you but I'm going to bless you in everything that you do you got to do something about it afilu parnes al even a communal officer parnasasa <speaking in Hebrew> that draws a salary from the community <speaking in Hebrew> but he still he, he works for the community. He does, he this is his overture, that he's a communal officer. But, but in contradistinction, the king masha But the king is constantly on the receiving end from the nation. And when we understand this paradox, this contains the answer to what we're trying to figure out about what is the defining characteristic of a, of a characteristic of a king. What what does what does the Torah mean when it says appoint for yourself a king? The Rebbe says now we can read these words that we've cited twice before in a different way. Call in Yanei Melech. The entirety, the entire Indian, the entire concept, the entire construct of a melech, he will take them out, he will bring them in. What is this all about? It's l'sharis es ha'am. It's not about power in the conventional way that we think of sovereignty. It's about service. It's all about serving the nation. And therefore, he also receives from the nation. And now we will understand Gam Hatam. We will understand the reason. And once we understand this strength that is a weakness of the king, the um, complete reliance of the king on the nation as it were which is the other side of his complete devotion to the nation then we're in a position to understand why the king is called the heart rather than the head. The Rebbe says, And this is where I wish I had more of a medical background and I could uh, like really understand and explain a little bit more about this, but I don't. So I'm going to do my best. So that says, the difference is between the heart and the, and the, and the brain. Aleph. The heart is found in a constant modality of, and these are famous words of Chasidus: Ratzay Veshuv, running and returning. So, of course, we could talk about and Shuv for a very, very long time. But most simply, I mean, if there's anything simple about this concept, most simply we'll say that the neshama is in a constant state of Ratzay. It wants to run back to its source. It wants to escape this world. It, it, wants, to, it wants to go back home. And at the same time, it has to be in a state of shuv. It has to come back because the Abishta created an entire world for the purpose of the neshama being in a guf to, to change this world, to make a deal. So this is the ratzoy and shuv. And there are, there are so many ways in which this expresses itself in, in different parts of our life, where there constantly has to be this conflict, this yin and yang, this this wanting to run but then having to return and and that's what makes us healthy when when we haven't achieved equilibrium when we have this conflict so i want to stay in kailo but the Rebbe said but but our job is to go out and change the world but the fact that you want to stay that that's that's very healthy that's very very healthy so it's the you know who, who did the Rebbe want to send on shlichas? The people that didn't want to leave from that, that that's, who, that's who you want to send. The person who doesn't want to be. Anyway, this is a longer discussion, but the Rebbe uses this term, Ratzi and Shuv, to describe the constant pulsating of the heart. There's a pulsating of the heart with no cessation. But when it comes to the brain, it's motionless. There's no physical. Um, there's no physical tnua uh, There's no physical movement. Even though the brain is from where the vivifying force flows to the rest of the body nimsa b'minucha, but the brain itself is found in a state of calm, okay? So you can't take the pulse of the brain. You can't take the pressure of the brain, as it were. There are different diagnostic tools that are used to measure what's going on in the brain, but there's no on-toward um, physical movement like there is with the beating of the heart. That's one difference. Base. The heart is considered the weakest of all the limbs of the body, even weaker than the brain. And it seems that this is vis-a-vis its vulnerability to illness or vulnerability to mishap. Ked'isa like says, Liba The heart is soft and weak. We might say, that these two um, attributes or characteristics of the heart (coughs) are interdependent. The heart is soft and weak. Weaker than all the other limbs. The reason it's so soft and weak is because its entirety is about um, sending forth vitality to the rest of the limbs. There is no other function of the heart, but this is what the heart does exclusively. It gives vitality. It vivifies the rest of the body. And therefore, Aleph Hunimsa Batnua Timidis. Therefore, the heart is constantly pulsating. And it's obvious that this constant pulsating factor is for the purpose of vivifying the rest of the body. And It's It's a weak. It's a weak existence. The very fact that it has to um, constantly give life force to the rest of the body puts it in a weak position, as it were, a vulnerable position. Masha Ankane, in contradistinction, Hamoya, the brain. The brain, who nivdal hakuf the brain is kind of separated and aloof from the other limbs of the body. Although it is the source of vitality for the rest of the body, but the brain still in all remains somewhat separate from the body. The gamzu, And this too is proof that it is its own existence. It's only that from the brain, the vitality reaches all the rest of the limbs. So the heart, its entire function, its entire existence is to send vitality to the rest of the limbs of the body. The brain it's almost as if to say, like, it's doing its own thing. And yes, it is also the control tower and and the source of vitality for the rest of the body. Because it's separate from the rest of the body, because it's aloof, there's no um, physical uh, movement because it's separate from the rest of the body. And it's not soft and weak like the heart. It's its own thing. And therefore, the king is compared Davka specifically to the heart. Now we're in a position to understand why the Rambam talks about the king as being the heart of the nation, because the king has both of these features or attributes of the heart. Number one, The king is in constant contact, constantly Relating to the nation. Again, now we could read more deeply into these words. He takes them out and he brings them in. And the Rebbe, of course, means here more than just taking them out to war and bringing them in from war, but constantly has his pulse on them. Because the entirety of the concept of kingship in Judaism is service, is to serve the nation. And because that is its constant function, therefore it has a weakness. It has a vulnerability in its existence. And so the king gets all of his needs from the nation. So there's this symbiotic relationship. The king is constantly sending vitality to the nation. And the king is constantly deriving his needs from the nation. I, I did start to research this more, and I realized it was a rabbit hole. I was never going to be able to understand this properly, like medically speaking. So, I, I apologize, but I, I am sure there's fascinating uh, stuff here that we can that we can access in parallel, in the physiology. Okay, vav. Dugmas hakhiluk hanal ben halev So now, the Rebbe has effectively compared the king to the heart, the nasi to the brain, to the head. Now the Rebbe says, we can take this further and we can see this difference in the seat of our intellect as opposed to the seat of our emotions. So our intellect is seated in our seichel, in the reish, and our emotions are seated in the heart. In yin ha the whole idea of cognition, intelligence, lahavin mat understand something. Pure um, intellect can only exist when the person remains separated from what it is he wants to understand. If he does have a connection to what it is he seeks to study, In, I'll just say, in other words, if he's emotionally entangled, and so this thing that he's trying to study is not at a remove from him, but it's really mixed up in his brain. This is a form of bribery. It will sway and it will tilt his intelligence and he will not be able to get a clear and true understanding of what it is he's trying to study. So this happens very, very often in research in academia where people come in with a predetermined thesis and then then the research is about bolstering what they've already decided is the truth. But the Rebbe is saying in Seichel, there has to be this aloofness. There has to be this separation. If you're going to be intellectually honest you can't be all wrapped up. You can't be married to, to, to your thesis because then you, you, the research you're doing is, is, is completely skewed. Masha in but in contradistinction, when you talk about emotions, Yahas shall regish about The the feeling that the person has for something, his emotions, his his um his feeling for whatever it is that he is emoting over or towards flows from his personal connection to that thing until this thing arouses in the person and within him a feeling either of closeness and love or the opposite, or he becomes repulsed. So by definition, emotions cannot be objective. They are by definition subjective, but by definition, Intellectual inquiry should be objective. There should be remove. There should be an aloofness there. And from this flow, the two distinctions we have made above between seichel and midas, between heart and mind, between king and nasi in Yanam the whole idea of Midas is about um, showing onward um means excitement. It's about it's about a movement, it's about something that is shown. Whereas cognition, seichel, calls for rumination and doing this calmly and peacefully with no external manifestation. So like the scholar is marked by by quiet contemplation. The emotive person shows excitement. So when you say like, oh, she wears her heart on her sleeve. So in Yiddish, we say a balas This is a person who gets excited. So when you have a person who's not a balas who gets excited, you know you, you something really great is happening. That's a home run. But when you have a person who gets excited about everything, oh, it's awesome. You're like, okay, whatever. This is a balas pilas. So the Rebbe is explaining that we see Again, now across the board, the heart beats. There's a tnua. And this parallels the hispilus of emotion. Bays, another difference. Hamidas enan mitzius ba'alas the v'chayzek. Midas are generally not speaking and here in the footnotes, maybe we'll have time, we'll go back to the footnotes, but the Rebbe draws a distinction between your essential midah. In other words, people have essential midahs. One person is more Bal chesed, one person is more Baal they're more rigid, they're more um, uh, disciplined, uh, they have a stronger personality. So that's not what the Rebbe is talking about here, because those are kind of fixed things. But he's talking about the expression of the midas. And he says the expression of midas are not long-lasting. They come and go. They're ephemeral and fleeting. <inaudible> uh, I'm sorry, <inaudible> the expression of emotion are prone to change. We talk about this all the time. Good mood, bad mood. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a forgiving mood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right one day a person feels this way, another day a person feels differently. Masha. But Seichel, on the other hand, the true intellectual um, the true intellectual decision, the maskana, as opposed to intellect in general, which is malleable. Again, the Rebbe references, the Maimaran my, my where it talks about the opposite, that, that, that the essential midas of a person are fixed, but their seichol, you could talk to their and and you could convince them to take on a different position. So in that context, the midas are fixed, and the seichel is malleable. In this context, when we're talking about the outward expression thereof, the midis are malleable. One day you can feel like this, one day you feel like that. The seichel is is fixed because when you come to a certain maskana, when intellectually you come to a... Um, a decision. If you did this properly, if this was um, intellectual inquiry that was done with the remove, and it's truthful, and therefore two plus two is always going to be four. not going to depend on your mood. So based on this, and now we circle back with this, with this um, explanation, we circle back to understand in more profound manner, the difference between the king and the Nasi. HaMelech, the king, yivim. His whole function is take the Jews out to war, bring them back in. But of course, now we're using this uh, more widely, metaphorically to mean that he, he Worries for them, he cares for them, and it's constant. He is completely invested in making sure that the nation has everything it needs. Just like the heart, that incessant fashion beats to give all of the limbs of the body its vitality. And the king, The king is not about cognition, not about um, teaching, uh, going back and forth in argument, and then how to take uh, these ideas and render them practically to halacha, this is not the purview of the king. It's specifically the Nasi. The Nasi is found at a remove from the nation. In So his main function is to be the head. To be the brain of the generation. To render... The uh, and to adjudicate the Psagdin, all of the all of the ways in which the nation needs um, adjudication. That's the nasi's job. So watch what the chabad is doing here. So now the chabad says, and therefore the nasi, inclusive of the level of nasi that is found in the larger rubric of kingship. Was like let's say for instance Moshe. Moshe was both a melech and a Nasi. Okay, so the Rebbe says so the Nasi factor. Who this factor is everything. Because as was already said at the beginning of the Sicha, the heart also receives its vitality from the brain. Because its Indian is to give khayus, inclusive, inclusive of. Wait one second. No, I'm sorry, I made a mistake here. Now. and his job is to give forth highest to all of the to all of the limbs I'm, I'm, I'm confused and maybe somebody can help me he's talking about the nasi but I'm confused because Okay, I am not 100% sure here. I don't know why I lost it. Um, let me start from the beginning of the paragraph, and I hope that I am doing this correctly, but if somebody understands, please help me. So the Nasi inclusive of the nasi factor that is found in the melach. Hu he is everything. because even the the heart gets from the mayach canal. and his inyan is to give forth this vitality to all of the. Limbs, and the reason I'm getting confused is because this sounds like the description of the heart. And like in a a king, literally speaking, he has to administer, practically speaking, the rules and the regulations of Torah amongst the whole nation. So how great is the nasi that the melech has to show covet to those that learn Torah. And when they come before him, the Sanhedrin, he has to stand up for them. So as great as the king is, the nasi is still higher. And ches, had gashem bin and that's why there is an additional emphasis when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why from Meishe do we learn this rule that the Nasi is everything? Because by Moshe Rabbeinu, there were these two modalities, both the heart and the brain. Moshe, melech. Moshe was both a king, like it says by Hebeshur and Melech, that Israel had a king. And at the same time, I'm sorry, he was a king. And he was involved with making sure that they had all their needs, inclusive of their material needs for the Jews, Livne Yisrael. So he was Liban Shel Yisrael. He was the heart. He was the modality of the heart. And at the very same time, he was the Nasi. He was the head of the Sanhedrin. And even more so, all of Tyra, for all generations, not just in his own time, in his own generation, all of Tyre is always considered the Tyre of Masha my servant, my faithful servant. Who Asher Kibel Sinai, the Israel. He was the one who received the Tyre from Sinai. He was the one who taught it to all Bani Israel. And so he's he is clearly the Mayach. He is clearly the brain. He's clearly the the head. He is both. And a like fashion we find regarding Mashiach. Who is in the model of Moshe? Because it says Moshe who goyel rishon, who goyel achari. That Moshe was the first redeemer. He is also the vechina of Moshe is also the last redeemer. Sha'af etzle that in Mashiach, both of these aspects will be present. Melach, the aspect of kingship. I'm not just talking about a pedestrian king. This is going to be the king of all kings in consummate fashion. The Yacharimsa and at the same time, Hurav. He will be a teacher. Sheelami teres Kala Amkulai, which is more the bechina of Melach. He will he will not just be like a nasi, um, like a Uh, I'm sorry, I I am confusing myself and confusing you. He'll be the melech, he'll be the consummate melech, take care of all their needs. And at the same time, he will be the consummate teacher. He will be the nasi who will teach Torah to all of Bnei Yisrael. I apologize, I'm not sure what, what happened. Apologize, but it's good. Well, keep me humble and keep me reviewing this more times and more times and more times, even when I know it, I clearly don't know it well enough. Um, we have two more minutes. So let's look at footnote 51. So if we're concluding that the nasi is somehow higher than the melech, the melech has to stand up for him and so on and so forth. So... why does it seem that there is something about a melech that is higher than the nasi? And the Rebbe says, it has to do with his sovereignty over the nation. So while, yes, the king has to stand up for the nasi, yes, there are ways in which the king receives from the Nasi, the the heart receives from the brain. And yet at the same time, the king has ultimate sovereignty over over the nation. And maybe you could say that, you know, and again, like I said, no medical knowledge or background. But I mean, if a person goes into cardiac arrest, their brain is not going to help them. So that is my um, jumbled attempt at, at sharing the Sikha this morning. I wish everybody a good chaydesh, uh, a good geben And again, we're asking for a refuah shalema, ukrava, for chayat And I see that there's a question. Why can Anasi, Michael, and a Melech can't. So, so this is an excellent question to, that dovetails with exactly what we just did in this footnote. Um, because ultimately, bec- ultimately a king is the ultimate sovereign, the ultimate station. And therefore, even if he wants to forgive on his covenant he can't because of the station that he holds. Whereas Anasi, as important as he is, if he walks into a room and somebody doesn't stand up for him, he could say it's okay, it's okay, sit. But the king can't do that. The king can't be Michael because of the unique station that he has. That he is But you said
1: that you but you said that the, the king has to stand up for the Nasi. Didn't you say that?
0: Yes, the king has to stand up for a nasi, but at the same time, there are protocols. In, in 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 the presence of a king, it even says that if a person winks or or lifted his eyebrow in in the presence of a king, he that's considered being married b'malchus and and he's of misa, and the king can't be meichel on any of these protocols. So in other words, it's it's a certain station uh, that's inviolable and that ultimately, from that perspective, supersedes the station of nasi.
1: On the other hand,
0: there are ways that the Nasi um, gives hashpah to the king, and this is also reflected in the fact that the king has to stand up for the Nasi. Although if he doesn't stand up, the Nasi can say, fine. Correct. But the very fact that he should stand up tells you something about that relationship.
2: If we know that mo'yach shalit al-halev, and that the lev feeds the entire body, which makes sense that the king is in total control and you have to respect him for that. But the you king...
0: No, the lev would mean the nasi is in total control. He the doesn't... He, but the nasi feeds
2: the, the lev. An idea comes to your head and it affects you emotionally immediately. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And therefore, he in that respect, he has this hashba on the king, but the reaction of the lev... To the entire body, which it has a tremendous effect because, for example, getting bad news, the nasi gives the news, it's intellectual. Once it hits the lev, the lev reacts and it feeds the entire body with whatever comes out of it. The king then has that effect on the entire body. Yeah. But that's where the nasi has the effect on the lev because as soon as an idea, an intellectual idea, comes to you a thought an idea some information the lev reacts whether you realize it or not
0: absolutely
2: and in that respect that's where the king has the tremendous power of the over the entire body because the heart is reacting and the heart feeds the organs and if the heart reacts it gets squished or contracts from pain or whatever every organ in the body feels that yeah, uh, and chemically, yet, and, yet, chemically and, yet, and physiologically.
0: And, and yet it, it was preempted by what comes from the Maya.
2: Yes, totally. That's, how, that's why he has to stand up for the Nasi.
0: Yeah, so that should. Or should. The,
2: yeah. or should. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: Is there a feedback mechanism that exists with the heart and, and the people, the heart and the limbs, that doesn't exist with the brain and what it's serving. So the brain is totally unaffected by this feedback mechanism where the heart is affected by that. So I think that's where the major difference is physiologically and of course in the Sicha.
0: Yeah, that's what the Rebbe is saying, exactly. Right. That's, that's the feedback, that's the vulnerability as it were of the heart and of the king.
1: Exactly, so ultimately the the brain can control the heart, but the heart is totally affected by everything else uh, around it. That's why there's a difference between, but if the
0: heart, you know, once
1: the heart stops, everything stops. So ultimately it has the most power, but it's also its vulnerability
0: is it's affected by the rest of the body. Absolutely. And of course this conjures up uh, the ultimate of, of theological questions, which is that how exactly do we understand this regarding the melech, malchi, Lachma I mean, and one of the most radical ideas in Hasidus is the, the feedback, as it were. Uh, thank you for that term. Uh, the vulnerability, the way in which Hashem makes himself vulnerable towards our overtures. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to contemplate. Can I, can I throw in a,
3: a small thing, which I don't know how or where is relevant, just a thought? Of course. Um, so with every feedback mechanism... I wish
0: you know, I could see people. It, Let me see if we could see who's
3: thought. Like it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. I'm just going to throw out there because when I think king and I think crown, I think um, will, pleasure, you know, like the the attributes that are above... Ma, um, I'm just wondering if there's some interplay there in terms of you know, in terms of that. I, I maybe throwing in apples into oranges. I have no idea, but you know, that's kind of what I think. Like every you know, everyone bows to the king, even the nuffy. But there is an element there of you know something that that is even above from how I
0: don't know apples and oranges I don't know No I don't think it's absolutely I think you're onto something I wish I so knew So wait one happened. second
1: the nussi bows to the king and the king is standing to the nussi Yeah
3: that's
0: the symbiotic relationship there
3: well I you know this because is and again I I I'm sure I was distracted through a lot of it it, it we are talking about a feedback mechanism or we're talking about a relationship but you know, the king has many aspects and the Nasi has many aspects. This is an aspect that we were focusing on. Maybe there are other, I'm sure there are other pieces that come into play. Just like you can look at one angle of an elephant, but you know what I mean? Like we learned something from this specific sicha, the way it's presented and the, and the way those two interact, but there might be some other factors that haven't been focused on here. That's all I'm wondering,
0: that's all. I, I, don't, I don't know how to weave it together. I mean, I think I think you're onto something very profound because, like you said, that there are there there's ruts and there's there's Hainug, and those are higher than than cognition. Those are higher than than Seichon. and how are they related to to the heart? And um, right. it's kind and of I like mean, it's kind of like the same thing. Like speech is conventionally understood as um, as something that flows from from cognition from comprehension. But Hasidus teaches that when you speak it out, when you articulate something, you access a higher level of cognition than you had before. Um, so I think you really oh, are mm-hmm. onto something uh, 100%. Yeah, just a thought. Little
3: thought. Thank you so much. This was really wonderful. Thank you all. We should, we should merit this to be able to stand in front of
0: our Nasi and our okay. King and they can work it out. They'll let us know. Um, Amen, amen, amen. Well, well, I think we just finished learning that Mashiach, is, it's, it's one and the same. So Nebuchadnezzar uh, should help talk that. we should be able to stand in front of the Melech, the Nasi. And, uh, and, and it, that's it. No more goals. It's enough, 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 enough. Amen.
3: A, amen. a good convention. Sure good good Thank, good you. Thank you.